I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh-huh. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? Hold up. Let's go. Go, go. My son, it is your time. Show me my respect and bow down. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Slash Filmcast. I'm David Chen, and joining me today, uh, you may have seen his work at Jacobin Magazine. He also hosts his own podcast called Struggle Session, which you can find at patreon.com slash struggle session. Uh, Leslie Lee III, welcome to the Slash Filmcast. Leslie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you on. And uh, I, I want to say this is a bonus episode. It's not going to be like a regular episode of the show. Uh, it's going to be much briefer than a normal uh, episode of the show. But uh, what we're doing today is talking about Black Panther. This is probably uh, the second in a series of conversations we'll have about Black Panther because it's such a big deal uh, at the cinemas this year. And there's so much to dissect and discuss about this film. Uh, and, of course, we uh, recently did our uh, review of Black Panther with uh, Candace Frederick last week on the Slash Filmcast. Uh, during that review, I read a tweet that Leslie uh, wrote on Twitter, uh, and I'm going to read it again. Leslie writes here on February 16th, 2018, Black Panther is a deeply evil film. It dangles the idea of global black liberation in front of you, paints that as villainous, then ends in an orgy of the freest black people to ever walk the earth, slaughtering each other to protect whites. That shit turned my stomach. I mean, I'll pause here and say, before I continue, like, uh, we, we are going to spoil the entire Black Panther movie during this episode of the podcast, so definitely don't listen uh, if you haven't seen the film yet. All right, so Everybody's see. seen it. <laughs> it's made like a half a billion dollars already. That's right. Pretty much everyone's seen it. So statistically, you, you already have, have seen Black Panther. Anyway, uh, Leslie continues, Imagine Star Wars ending with a civil war between the rebels and Luke kills Leia because using violence against the Empire would make them as bad as the Empire. People can quote, tweet, and be mad, but they can't actually dispute anything I said. Wakandans give a white CIA agent Wakandan technology to kill other Wakandans to stop their technology from going to Wakandans who are going to stage a global uprising of the oppressed. This was the film. So, uh, Leslie, this tweet, uh, we, we talked about it on the show. Uh, several people expressed their disagreement uh, that this adequately or accurately characterized the film Black Panther. Uh, and this tweet has kind of gone viral, right? You've gotten 1,700 retweets here, uh, 4,600 likes. So certainly something about this tweet resonated with a, a large portion of people. Uh, and you heard through the grapevine that we had read this tweet on the air on the Slash Filmcast, and you offered to come on to the podcast to more deeply explain your views. So I welcome uh, diversity of opinion and discussion on the show whenever it's possible. And so here we are, talking about Black Panther again, talking about this tweet. So before we get to the content of this tweet, I guess 
I want to ask you a question, Leslie, which is, uh, were you looking forward to seeing Black Panther? And kind of what was your mood going into the theater? What was the scene like? And, um, and what was your kind of overall experience of the film? You know, it's a, it's a yes and no, because something that bothered me before the film, and it kind of gets at some of the problems I had with the film, was the marketing of the film. Um, it was marked that you kept seeing the words like radical and revolution and the revolution will not be televised in the trailer and all this stuff like um, talking about, you know, black liberation, the Black Panthers, which have nothing to do with the actual character Black Panther. And at the back of my mind, I know like this is a Disney financed movie this is a disney film it's not going to be revolutionary it's not going to be about anything you know super leftist politically right it's not going to be a socialist communist movie as the black panthers were so that kind of dampered me and then people started talking about it as what also happened with wonder woman where they kept saying that referring to it as like the first black superhero movie like literally people said this as if blade and spawn and everything else didn't exist and we talk about on my struggle session podcast that this will keep happening because it's a useful tool to mark in the movie but when you're erasing the history of black film as certain critics have including white critics to hype up the latest movie like that does a great disservice to what black people have accomplished before what women have accomplished before before wonder woman you know there were like six there were six resident evil movies and five underworld movies wonder woman was not the first blockbuster superhero film starring a woman and black panther wasn't the first blockbuster superhero film starring a black man but when you talk and so a lot of that marketing where it was the first the first the first really bothered me so i was cut and and after that like people like just started attaching all these like political aspirations to it that really had nothing to do with like the reality of what a superhero movie is like the 19th marvel movie is not going to be the most important thing to happen in culture i'm sorry it's just it's just not possible and so and in that sense, I wasn't – it kind of put put a damper on me looking forward to the film. But as far as like just seeing the trailer and uh, and thinking about it as just a superhero movie divorced from all the hype, you know, I was kind of into it. Like it seemed – like I, I love Michael B. Jordan. He's fantastic and he was fantastic in it. So I was really looking forward to seeing him and his character. I enjoyed Black Panther's uh, parts in – uh, Civil War. I thought I thought they were good. I enjoyed all the beautiful uh, black uh, actors and actresses in it. Like I was looking, generally looking forward to the film before I saw it. Uh, well, the the idea of this being the first superhero uh, or the first black superhero film, uh, I I didn't actually I don't actually recall seeing it that idea mentioned in uh, like a trailer or something. I I know that oh not not in the trailers, but it was more like the you know the the birth movies death oh like, yeah so like the online sphere. conversation yes. around the film yeah so so certain aspects of the online conversation on film blogs and stuff you're saying like one complaint you had even one thing that soured you even going into the film was that um certain outlets or, or writers or whoever didn't adequately uh, acknowledge the history of black achievements in you know the comic book or superhero genre correct 
Absolutely, absolutely. And like we can't, and like a lot of those films, like some of these films were produced, like Meteor Man. That was a completely black production. He find he was, you know, uh, Robert Towns, and he financed a lot of black movies that he built for himself. But he's not getting these write ups or even mentioned in Black Panther. Like there's so many. Like I can't imagine that there's so many articles that talk about Black Panther and its importance as a black superhero. That if you control Elf, you will not find the word Blade in them that that is like mal that's like malfeasance sure like sure that. sure so uh, i i uh can agree with you that uh sometimes a, a lot of online uh writers may rush to the new shiny thing you know and and not uh, acknowledge uh what's come before and that that's deeply unfortunate uh, all the time, and perhaps particularly so in this case. That being said, you know th- that doesn't necessarily reflect on the film itself, right? Oh I mean, no, like, no. That's yeah. just you're just you're just kind of describing your mindset going in. So, um, so given that that was kind of your mindset, and like you kind of you kind of were already skeptical, right? You know, uh, as you went to well, see, yeah. I would say I wasn't skeptical of the film. I was skeptical that the film was as good was not even as good was what these people were saying it was. Like, when the people who are saying that this is the first black superhero movie are also saying it's the best superhero movie, like, I'm skeptical of that opinion. Like, there was a lot... And so I I wasn't prepared like i wasn't negative about the film i mean i paid my own money to go see go see the film like uh, so i was interested in seeing it so i just want to make clear like a lot of the hype before it annoyed me but right. i try but i kind of purged myself of that when i sat down to watch it sure and i uh, and i just want to be clear right that um I, I think you're saying that <laughs> because people have said, oh, it's the first black superhero film, it's so revolutionary, that therefore, when they then later said, the same people later said, it's the best Marvel film ever, like you were already kind of in a, a place where you were skeptical of their uh, people's abilities to uh, clinically assess the situation. Yeah, right? yeah. If, they, if you're not, con- if you can't contextualize the history, I don't right. think you can, yeah. Okay, okay. Bit- so, so fair enough. Um, uh, okay, so you you had this uh, uh, some negative experiences going in, but you you paid for the film, you purged yourself of any you know bad thoughts, and you're like, I'm gonna enjoy this film. Uh, and what was your experience of the movie itself? So it was it was complicated. So my thoughts at the that I tweeted were the end of the film, right? That's yeah. after, after I was I tweeted those as I was walking home from the theater, and so that was at the end of the film. So I'll I'll say like the things i enjoyed about the film because that wasn't my my reaction i didn't live tweet the whole film i just posted my thoughts at the end like there was some there was some good stuff in it um i didn't really think any of like the fight scene like i feel like modern superhero fight scenes almost across the board are really bombastic and over the top but unimpressive at the same time but black panthers weren't worse than any others. In fact, I thought the Killmonger versus Black Panther, their first fight scene was actually pretty um, decent. There were there were uh, and some and the and what I the, my favorite part of the film was probably uh, besides Killmonger was probably like the little mini James Bond movie that was in the middle of it. The kind of casino like, heist scene, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like that was cool. Like I'm like I've seen that in Mission Impossible five times, but I'm fine with seeing that with Black Panther. I kind of wish that that was more like the whole film because I feel like it kind of got bogged down into like these 
several huge plots that were going on in these multiple different films. I thought all the actors were fantastic in it. Um, like it, across the board, it was filled with, you know, memorable characters. Like I'll, I, I actually will enjoy watching it again until a certain part because like just everybody did a great job and all the characters were cool, interesting, had some depth to them. So like, and I and I want to make clear, like my criticism of it is not saying don't go watch Black Panther or don't enjoy Black Panther. It's just saying like that's my thoughts on the politics of it. But my podcast is called Struggle Session because we talk about media and movies and films that have that we enjoy, even if their political content is bad, because we're all, you know, leftist p- people, but we enjoy it. But media, most media isn't leftist. Um, like we can enjoy something like 24, even though we recognize that, you know, it's uh, torture is evil. The uh, war on terror is uh, horrific. And but we can still enjoy 24 as an action um, fantasy uh uh, TV show, so I, so I, there were a lot, there was a lot to enjoy about Black Panther, and I understand why a lot of people enjoyed it. Uh, and I will, I actually say, like, unlike a lot, I feel a lot of Marvel movies, it doesn't waste anyone's time. Like, there's something going on with it. It had a story to tell. I just wish it was a slightly different story. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you called the movie an evil film. That's a pretty strong statement. Right. And I, I want to explore what components go into it being an evil film. So like the main thing, right, the main thing, my, my main issue is that this is a film called Black Panther. It invoked uh, revolutionary Black Panthers in its marketing. Uh, this wasn't just the bloggers and the writers. This was also Disney using um, the song, the cho- song choices and the Black Beret, all that good stuff. You mentioned it on your podcast. You noticed it, too. But it's a film that's anti-revolutionary. The main villain is a black revolutionary. The main villain is someone who says, I want to free all the oppressed people of the world. That is a problem. I do not. I think that's a deeply horrific message to send to the world that, you know, the idea of revolution, uh, uh, a revolution to free the oppressed is something bad. I like I, I especially in a film called Black Panther. And then there's the side note of like a CIA agent being you know, uh, one of the heroes. And like, I don't know how anybody who knows anything about the history of Africa and especially revolutionaries in Africa could ever think to put that in a film. Well, the CIA has had, uh, let's just say a mixed history at best with the Black Panther Party. Uh, So I can understand why this would be a particularly ironic choice uh, or why it would be perceived as such. But let me put this out there, okay, uh, Leslie. You know, I'm just I'm feeling my way through this. So uh, if I say something that you think is dumb, feel free to call me out on it. Uh, that's kind of what we're here for. Um, but it, it seems to me that yes, Killmonger is the villain of the film. But as as we indicated in our review of, of this movie, uh, I actually think he is an incredibly sympathetic character. Uh, he is probably uh, one of the, if not the best villain in any Marvel film. And uh, that's because his cause is so, um, 
I don't know if relatable is the right word, but it, you you understand why he's in the position he's in, why he makes the decisions he does. I don't think there's any point at which you think this is an evil man. You know, I mean, I think it, it, to me it, it felt more like him and T'Challa had a disagreement about um, the fate of Wakanda, and they had uh, differences in how they approached it. So I understand in the construct of of this superhero film, he's a villain, um, but I don't think he's like portrayed as super unsympathetic or as uh, like a villain in, in a conventional sense where like we're telling people like this is evil and this is bad and don't do anything like this. Like, what do, so, you, what do uh, you make of that statement? So I think uh, I think that's a fair statement and I think everybody's going to come away with different balance of whether you can divorce it from the context of a superhero film with a villain that has to be, die at the end because he's the bad guy. Um, a lot of intelligent people will like, – like I see you know, the sympathetic the nature, nature of – Killmonger, but I still understand that he's presented in this villainous context, and he does like he does mustache twirling. You know, he chokes an old lady. He says, "I want to kill all their kids." Like that, that sort of thing yeah, is it, in the film as well. People in the chat room, we're broadcasting live right now. People in the chat room are strongly disagreeing with me. Uh, Peter Downing says he stone cold murders his girlfriend in the film. You know, so, it, I, you know, I actually I think that's okay because this, that's. That's almost the exact same thing that happens at the beginning of Row One, where um, the hero Stone Cold murders right. like his friend Diego because Luna just like kills a, a source right in the yeah. in the beginning of Row One. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually didn't didn't have a problem with that. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, that proves uh, Killmonger is misogynist." I say, you know what? That's something we're used to heroes doing, but like in that, but they have to be shown to be the hero. Like they have a legitimate cause. And this film doesn't really make that case ultimate as, especially when it came down to like the civil war on Wakanda where like, you know, you had all of these, like, this is another problem I had, you know? So they talked about like a lot about this film, about how it has black women in it and black men. In it. And they talked about how they shot them and lit them at their black skin and how beautiful it looked that that wasn't true for most of it i have to say like moonlight did that but i don't think this mostly looked like a marvel film and just to see all those black people like hacking each other to death at the end like that really like it turned my stomach because it was on a really thin premise like it didn't need there didn't need to be a wakandan civil war at the end of the first black panther movie that doesn't it didn't really make any sense. It only happened because it was a comic book movie and every comic book movie has to have a big war at the end instead of just another fight between, you know, Killmonger and T'Challa. Uh, and, you know, that that was another thing that really bothered me. Like it it, it took like there's a lot of talk about black pride and taking pride in ourselves. And this is our first time seeing ourselves on screen and present this way. But then what they did with us was, you know, like use this as can father for whatever reason. And, and and that was another aspect that really bothered me. But I, I think I didn't answer your last question. I just wanted to add that in. <laughs> gotcha. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, well, the, the question was basically about uh, whether Killmonger is portrayed as, as sympathetically enough um, to, make it seem as though the to, yeah, to plausibly I, I, state that the movie's not necessarily against revolutionaries you know and i think but, i think what you're if i'm if i'm reading you what you're saying correctly you're saying that the movie never depicts killmonger's uh objective as a reasonable objective right yes uh, yeah go ahead 
Yeah, and there, and and like this is a a, a larger issue with the film. Like, so let's let's take Star Wars. Oh, well, maybe not Star Wars, but let's take like Hunger Games, right? You see people starving, you see people dying, you see what Katniss is fighting for, right? Explicitly so. You see those sad white children, how terrible it is, and so you understand why Katniss is fighting and the urgency behind it. When you get to, you know, ends of Garland's Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever, you see the big, you know, purple laser beam that the super that's about to kill all the good people and that the superheroes have to make a bigger purple laser bringing to stop right like you see that in the in so many of these films these hero sci-fi fantasies whatever you want to call them you see the urgency of it but you don't see that in this film you don't see what killmonger is fighting for or fighting against it's and it is something that's invisible in this film and it's invisible in real life people aren't don't recognize like the unending grind of oppression and capitalism that happens all over the globe to everyone all the time we're just so used to it and we ignore it but and killmonger so when killmonger talks about ending that if you're someone who's kind of aware of how bad it is you like yeah, this guy is right. Like, this is amazing. This is a brilliant thing. This is our Luke Skywalker. This is the guy who's going to take down the Empire. And you cheer for him. But then you see him, you know, coded as a villain with the choke and the old lady, this, that, and the other. You see the also noble, uh, I believe, Nakia, Lupita Nyong'o's character, turn against him as if he as if he's the villain you see the civil war erupt uh in wakanda as if he as if he's caused all this carnage and you just and like it just gives you like a sick feeling because this is something like you might deeply believe needs to happen this oppression needs to end but it's portrayed ultimately like as a bad thing mm. Uh, Christopher Yi Mon in the chat room writes, uh, arming black people doesn't necessarily free them. It just spreads uh, 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 Killmonger's rage. Killmonger's urge to free the African di- diaspora is just an excuse he's using to express his rage. Uh, uh, and that is a rage that a lot of uh, the African diaspora shares, but it's not one that should necessarily be fed. What do you make so of that? I, uh, so um, arming the rebels does not – in Star Wars – does not necessarily make things better. Like, like uh, you, you, if you, if the Black Panther is the only film like this you've seen, that makes sense. But any other, literally any other film, <laughs> like, yeah, he, I don't think he was. I don't think Christopher was necessarily making a his own, stating his own beliefs. But I think he was kind of articulating the position the movie takes on. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I, but I've said a lot of people have said that in response. So thank, I'm uh, sorry, Christopher. I'm not pushing back <laughs> on you. I'm pushing back on because a lot of people have made that comment. Like, but like at the end of Star Wars, you don't worry about how the economy is going to keep running now that they've blown up the Death Star twice you know you you don't get into these details the the only like so the weird thing is right Black Panther's well, paid, maybe that's it. a flaw of those movies but uh, anyway continue yeah it, it could be but like if you're going to fix quote fix that flaw if you're going to add that nuance wait to, do it with one of the white movies don't do it with <laughs> what you, you're calling the first black movie superhero okay alright like, fair, fair enough continue sorry yeah, so it's like you don't get into those the weeds about how all this works in any of those films. You just know you just see these radical heroes doing whatever it takes to end oppression. That is what so many of these films 
are about and black panther is not about that like that's just that just is bizarre to me that like these like you know hunger games and maze runner are more radical films than black panther like that that just doesn't vibe with me whatsoever all right so i i have a few thoughts um in response to to what you said i mean i think there you know there's a lot of what you're saying is really interesting what i'm uh, I, I, people in the chat room are pointing out that um, uh, Timothy Mabley in the chat room, for instance, points out that Killmonger is basically just Magneto in the X-Men movies. Uh, he wants world supremacy. He wants to take down governments. That's not justice. That's domination. But T'Challa learns something from him anyway. In the end, T'Challa learns from the mistakes of his ancestors and sees their selfishness, sharing Wakanda tech with the world. So uh, I think, you know, one – I don't know that the the movie is necessarily – 100% anti-revolutionary because uh, isn't in the t- in the text of the film T'Challa does learn from Killmonger, right? Yeah, like but he they- does he does take a, a different position on Wakanda than he took at the beginning of the film. So uh, the the movie is kind of arguing for like let's not necessarily kill everyone, um, but there is perhaps some moderate yeah uh, I, you, form of revolution that you, might be you, more palatable to everyone. You, Right. You said it to me. so okay. So there's no <laughs> such thing as a moderate revolution, but you did you hit the point. Yeah, it, it argues for moderation. Yes, and that's and that's you know he he opens up a, he decides to gentrify Oakland and open up an outreach center <laughs> and teach kids how to code. I'm like, that's cool, but that's not radical. That's not revolutionary. That's not freeing all the oppressed of the world, as Killmonger just says we're going to do. Like. Like, if we're going to have, like, if Black Panther was a radical hero and a radical film, I feel like the end of the film should have been at least, at least him, you know, going up to, you know, AFRICOM, right? Or going up to U.S. drone base and destroying it and kicking, you know, all the imperialists out of Africa at the very least, right? Like, and that's something that, like, actually would happen in a comic book. I think Magneto has done that a few times, and that's when he's not being super villainous. He just says, all right, you are imperialists, you are oppressors, and I'm going to – you can go, and we're going to have our own place, right? Like, that would be, like, a radical type end for Black Panther. Or, like, alternatively, like, I actually would also rather – if Killmonger was just – he could have still been sympathetic because – uh, it's worth noting that a lot of the sympathy people have for him is because he was denied his, you know, royalty and his upbringing in Wakanda. Like he didn't get his, he didn't get treated as he, and that's a fairly, you know, typical story. So he could have been sympathetic just with that, but still being the guy who says, all right, I'm going to take Wakandan weapons and sell them to the highest bidder. I'm going to take Wakandan weapons and sell them to the United States military uh, that I already worked for, right? He could have still been a villain then, but to say, I'm going to take Wakandan weapons, give them to the oppressed so that they can free themselves and still be the villain, that's a problem for me. Mm. Uh, well, here, here's another thing that you said earlier that I kind of want to return to. Um, you said the idea of this major blockbuster film ending with uh, black people slaughtering each other uh, turned your stomach and it it seemed to me that uh, from what I've read and heard and um, from what uh, our, our guests this week on the podcast indicated that this conversation, this tension between these kind of two approaches uh, kind of put forward in the movie, like this radicalism versus like a more moderate path, 
is a conversation that uh, occurs in black communities. Um, and the movie is a, a manifestation of that conversation and an attempt to grapple with that. For that reason, I think it's a really exciting and interesting movie because it actually has uh, ideas that are extremely relevant to what we are going through in, a, in the world right now. Would you have preferred like so? I guess one question is right. Um, do you th- like? Do you agree that the movie tries to grapple with those, those ideas? Uh, number one. Number two. Do you think the movie just does so in a poor way? Like, like, is there a way the movie could have introduced the central conflict and done it in a way that would have been acceptable to you? And then number three. Um, would you have preferred like the movie not take on an issue like this? So, so I know that's a lot, but I hope that makes sense. Yeah. So. Um, ultimately, since it's a Disney film made by Marvel, I would probably prefer they just don't deal with it because they're never going to come on a side that's going to be on the side of uh, the oppressed. I'm sorry, it's a multi-billion dollar (laughs) corporation. They're going to be harvesting our blood for, you know, Bob Iger in a few years. Let's let's be real. They're not going to put out the the film that frees us. All right. Hmm. So that's but if they're, they're going to grapple with it, like. So, that, so, so you're saying another, you just would have preferred they not even tackle such a historically fraught topic, like because yeah. you, you don't think that a a multi million dollar conglomerate is going to do justice to a topic this complex, right? Yeah, yeah, position. they're not going. Yeah, yeah, because they're not. I mean, I mean, they didn't. So, <laughs> what else can we say? But at, at at the same time, like if they did do it, all right. Like there's a there's a part of the film that's missing, right? I, I feel like even if you're watching on a surface level. You should you understand this? Like there's there's not an argument between T'Challa and Kim Ogger. Once they fight, kill, T'Challa disappears from the movie. Um, he he doesn't. You, there's no like it, it was very strange. Like he's rescued by uh, Nakia and um, the Dora Madaje and and brought and the CIA agent um, and and brought back. But he's missing from that part of the movie. And like that's he doesn't go on this like long spiritual journey like you would usually see in most movies like this hero gets his ass kicked and then he kind of has to, you know, go through, you know, some kind of journey where he learns something and that makes him stronger. He just kind of comes back and kills and fights Killmonger and kills him. It, there should have been more time to deal with these issues, to address what's the best approach. It shouldn't, and uh, and the ex, the added like issue with it was like at the end they were fighting about lo- loyalty to Ch- T'Challa or loyalty to you know to who's Killmonger. the rightful to Killmonger as opposed to fighting about which of these issues you actually believe in because I forget um, his name, but uh, T'Challa's friend who kind of turns on him because he fails to capture Claw. Is not his not, issue is not whether he we should free the oppressed now or you know do a more moderate take. His issue is that like T'Challa has failed him and this and Killmonger has you know uh, has has succeeded in getting Claw, and so like you don't have that conversation between the other characters between T'Challa and Killmonger. It's just kind of missing from the film and so if you were going to tell this story you needed to have like a segment where everybody is debating this and the even if you're going to have a big unnecessary fight at least let it be a fight about those values about what we're going to do to the world 
Isn't it isn't it kind of in a sense a fight about those values by proxy? I, I think you're saying the the values and and the kind of dialogue between those values was really underserved in the film, right? And I, yes. I, I can agree with that. But but that big fight at the end, it's not. Yes, it's like kind of a this royal ritual. Like there's this this who rightfully belongs on the throne. That's kind of explicitly what's it about. But the sub the subtext that's not very sub is it is about those ideas of. Um, like the Killmonger and T'Challa represent those ideas, right? So yeah, I, I the, don't think it's just about who sits problem, on the throne. Yeah, but the problem is those ideas are a dialogue. They're, they have to be talked out. They can't just be fought out. And if they are fought out, the radicals will win, not the uh, moderates. So that's the, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, let's I don't be know. real. I, I mean, historically, like, has that been the case? You know, his, historically, do you feel like that's... That's I mean, if I don't think, but, but well, that's another thing. Like, you don't see a lot of black radicals, you know, killing, you know, black moderates, right? Like, that's not like a thing that happens. Like, it's a discussion, it's a talk. Like, the Black Panthers weren't going, aren't going, weren't going after, you know, Martin Luther King. It was just, or even, and, and to be fair, like, like a lot of people keep saying, oh, this is Malcolm X versus Martin Luther King. They had a lot more in common than they had, uh, uh, in the disagreement right like mm. and i think both of them would probably be more on killmonger's side than not right because they were they were recognized um that t'challa is you know this mega capitalist with all this wealth and all this money and all this power to do something and he does nothing martin luther king talks about how the white moderate is as bad as the klansman if not worse malcolm x talks about um, you know, I forget what the exact metaphor is. Uh, the fox versus the um, wolf, and the fox usually gets the chicken on his plate because it's sneakier, and it's and he calls the fox is the white liberal as opposed to you know the conservative or uh, or the reactionary. So there, there, this discussion does happen in black communities. It just doesn't play out the way it does in Black Panther, and and really like. I feel like the X-Men films probably do overall a better job of handling uh, this question. So let me ask you this. We're, we're kind of wrapping up here, and I, I have a couple of, of closing questions for you. One is that, uh, again, return to the, I return to one of my original questions, which is you called this movie an evil film. Be, and and I think you've you've made a really good argument for why that's the case. I mean, it, it, to some degree, you you object to the like the premise of the film itself that that the story should not have been tackled at all. But if it was going to be tackled, they didn't do a great job of it, right? Um, yeah. But do you not feel that the movie is in like because the movie does some things really well, as you yourself acknowledged, right? It does elevate um, a lot of these actors of color, uh, a lot of people behind the camera uh, of color that um, will probably have more opportunities to tell more stories that might be different, that might be more uh, radical or more daring. Do you feel like the movie is a net negative for society? Do you feel like it's a net positive? Like, or do you not even think about it in those terms? Yeah, I don't even think about those terms because at the end of the day, it's like it's not going to be a Disney film that saves us. I have to say it's not going to be a Disney or even the people who make Disney films who go on to do something else, especially with Hollywood the way it is now. Like because Black Panther making so much money doesn't mean that a bunch of indie films are going to get made. It means that an even bigger Black Panther is going to get made next time, right? Like, so I don't really see Hollywood going in the direction where all the people who made Black Panther can disperse and make a hundred, you know, 
cool small black movies like that would be nice if it happened but that's not really the direction that hollywood is uh going right now if well, anything uh, it, uh, yeah i mean i i agree that hollywood is going more towards temple blockbuster filmmaking but i i I don't know that I agree that someone who achieves success on a – I mean there's been numerous instances of people who uh, achieved great success on a big blockbuster and then got to make the small film that they've always wanted to make. You know, um, yeah. That's happened dozens if not hundreds of times. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's happened dozens of hundreds of times and black people in America are still poor. Um, Africa is still poor. Africa is still colonized. Africa is still the victim of imperial violence. We've had a lot of movies. We have a lot of black movies. That's kind of that's another reason why it's so important to not erase the past of black film and black history is to point out that we had all that in the past and it still was not enough to change things in the reality. Representation is important, but it is never enough and is never even close uh, to enough. It has to be about you know, material gains in reality. And certainly a representation can help with that, inspire that. But at the end of the day, we have to keep our eye on the ball. We can't get so in love with ourselves, seeing ourselves on screen that we forget um, the way we have to live in this world in reality. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I think you're saying that, like, there there are things more important than representation in, in popular culture, right? And that there are real problems that um, the black community faces that um, this movie will not solve. Uh, yeah. But don't you – do you see it as solving any problems? Do you see it as being any force of good? Um, like it's just a strange question to me. I, I, I guess I don't really. Well, yeah, like, I, I'll tell you. I mean, look, like I'll, I'll tell you from my perspective. Like, uh, first of all, let me just say I don't. It, it could be like decades before we see a Marvel film that's like all Asian people. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. So, uh, and I will tell you, if there was a Marvel film uh, that had an Asian superhero and it was like directed by an Asian person and there was all Asian supporting characters and all these people's profiles were rising. But I hated the politics of the film. If that situation occurred with me, I would still uh, celebrate the film as like, yeah, it might be like three steps forward, two steps backwards, but that's still like net one step forward. Do you know? Like that that would be my perception. So that's kind of why I'm asking this question is like um, you seem to appreciate some aspects of the movie and really dislike other aspects um, and like, I'm, I'm asking like, where does it net out? Do you see anything good about it? Or do you think it's like a total loss that no one should see and no one should see this movie? Like, oh, no, where do you I, get out I, of the film? I would say, see it if you enjoy it, see it if it brings joy to your life, see it if, if it brings joy to your kids' lives. But like, that's all I would say. That's probably all it is for the most part. And like you, when you take like the bigger view where Disney just bought, you know, Fox properties, like. The Black Panther being, you know, this huge mega successful film for Disney isn't necessarily good for black creatives on the whole if they all if, you know, the only people who are going to be making movies in the future have to work for Disney. Right. Like if if Disney is like the only major production company, that's probably not going to pan out for um people of color on the whole level like so it like i'm not saying it's the next good i'm just saying it's it's a very complicated question and the answer and i don't think there's really an easy 
answer to it because you, there's so many levels that it's operating on. Okay, uh, that's fair enough. Let me just close with this. I, this is kind of uh, a, a personal question, I guess, is like, you know, uh, I'm guessing you – in our conversations leading up to this episode being recorded, uh, it, it seemed as though you had encountered a lot of disagreement with how you expressed your opinion of this film, right? Yes. And uh, I, I'm just curious, like, what, what was your reaction to that? Like, what is your reaction to that in, in general when you've taken this very public um, position on this movie that seems at odds with what a lot of other people – uh, think about it. You know, what is your approach? Do you do you kind of like uh, batten down the hatches and like dig yourself in, get ready for you know uh, a fight, or do you um, are are you does anything on the opposing side change your opinion? Like, do, does do you, have you heard any arguments against you, including ours, that were convincing in any way? Um. So I I, I, I like debate i like engaging in you know spirit debate even from intelligent people and you know even from people who you know are aren't very um good at expressing their opinion they're just mad right like it's, it's fun to me i'm a, like i'm a poster at heart i did have to eventually mute the thread because it just got so tiring like i started grad school this week and i had paper to do congratulations yeah, well, thank you very much. And I have a podcast to run, and all. So I did have to mute the thread at a certain point because people were just keep coming with kind of the same takes. Like there, there, like uh, there's a lot of people I respect who kind of disagree with me. Benjamin Dixon is one, host of the Benjamin Dixon Show, fantastic guy. Um, um, Bree uh, Joy, um, who uh, hosts uh, Something Is Wrong, Something's Wrong on the Internet, a fantastic podcast. There are two uh, black leftists who disagree with my take. On, on it but I think ultimately like my thing is if I'm going to make like a bold stance I'm going to come I'm going to get something at the bedrock that like nobody can really like uh, mess with right so at the end of the day this still is a movie called Black Panther where the guy who was talking about black liberation was the villain and a CIA agent was a hero <laughs> and that in and as i said you can say wherever you want those two things are still true and that's ultimately inexcusable uh, okay Th that uh makes a lot of sense let me just ask this one one kind of follow-up question to that is something that we pointed out on the show is that yes the cia agent was uh one of the heroes but he was also a tool of uh, the main characters. He was not... Uh, I felt as white saviors go, and we've seen many egregious examples of them, um, this was not that egregious in the in the structure of the film other than right. the fact that he happened to be a CIA agent. All right, so thank you, thank you for bringing it up because a lot of people misunderstood that. They, think, they thought I was saying he was the hero. Right. They thought I was complaining about white saviors. I actually don't... Uh, care about white savers that much like a lot of people get mad about it doesn't really bother me like I, it's just never something that i really cared about most of those white saver movies are movies i never watched like you know disturbed minds or wherever it was where joey foster saves the black kids like i don't really care about that so my issue is not that he was the hero it was that the cia was portrayed in any way positively in this film in a which, movie called black panther right? yes exactly that, that that's all it is to it and like that's that's malpractice. That's that's historical malpractice for someone <laughs> to do that. I know Ryan Coogler knows better, but uh, like, is worth pointing out that like the CIA 
helps make films, helps, you know, they give information, they tell people what to put in their film. Like, this is not a secret. You, this is not something I'm making up. This is like in the Atlantic. You could, they're a very, you know, moderate, um, <laughs> moderate liberal, you know, place. You can go look them up. They do, they do positive profiles of Nazis. So they're not like crazy leftists, you know, look it up to CIA helps make movies. So I, and I don't think Marvel movies are any exception to this. So having that character that, and, and, and it was really bad because the character in the comics, Everett K. Ross, he's not a CIA agent. He's like some lackey from the state department. That's why he's such a great character. He's literally like a character from friends who has to hang out with um, T'Challa. And, and this happened in the run by Christopher Priest, a fantastic writer um, who basically brought, Black Panther back to life and made him cool for the first time in forever made him smart and intelligent. that's another flaw of the film I will say like T'Challa is not smart at all in the comics T'Challa is brilliant he's he's like he's he's Marvel's Batman like he's five steps ahead of everyone but we don't see that in the film but it ever K Ross he's a lackey in the comics in the movies he's a CIA agent I don't understand why that is. It didn't really make sense. Like it, like somebody mentioned, like in the last film he was in, he was like torturing somebody. And in this film, he's he's like helping, you know, stop a black revolutionary. I don't know what's going on. I'm just sure that the CIA is uh, involved in it. Well, uh, I can't speak to whether CIA is involved in it. I mean, I I know for a fact that mil- any time military or law enforcement is portrayed, often it's with the cooperation of those agencies. Um, in film, so uh, it doesn't strike me as completely out of the question. I, I don't have a comment on like whether. It so actually... you did you just hurry here first, uh, Mr. Chan? Just confirm. <laughs> I just confirmed Black... CIA helped make Black Panther. No, I'm just joking. I don't. I'm not confirming that. <laughs> Quite the opposite. I don't. Uh, I can't speak to it. Um, but I think that there is a very legitimate objection to the CIA being portrayed as a force for good in a film called Black Panther. I think that's uh, there is a very legitimate grievance there. So, yeah. Well, Leslie Lee III, it has been a, an absolute pleasure having you on the show and uh, completely fascinating uh, to hear your opinion on the movie, even as it's one I, I obviously don't really share. I think you make some really great points. Uh, that, and my, my opinion of the film is now a little bit less than when I started talking to you. Um, oh, but... I'm, sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. I don't want to turn <laughs> people off the film. If anything, no, I no, want to no. uh, <laughs> But I think, I think you're right that there is, there are really troubling aspects to it. I, but I also think that like, um, as I said, right, like if there was an Asian version of this or a Chinese version of this, uh, that uh, even, and, and like the politics were awful, you know, I would still be like, you know what? Uh, yeah, sure. I don't think that that's like a good message to send out into the world, but like, I'm still psyched that like these, you know, 300, you know, people of Asian descent got to work on this film and will now get to work on other films as a result. You know, like, I, I think I just, I, I view it a little differently, like holistically from a business perspective. I know you're also doing the same. We just have different opinions about where the industry is going. But in any case, uh, I am extremely grateful that you've stopped by to share your opinions in a very, uh, you know, patient way, <laughs> uh, yeah. and that you're you're kind of educating me, and I really am grateful for that. So, uh, Leslie Lee the Third, you can find his work at Jacobin Magazine. He also hosts his own podcast, Struggle Session, at Patreon.com/slash/Struggle Session. He's also on Twitter. Leslie, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, Leslie Lee I I I. Very simple. Well, Leslie, uh, thanks so much for joining us today, and. Uh, I look forward to following your work in the future. All right. Thank you so much for having me on, man.